Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. If you're listening to this podcast, you're most probably listening through a pair of headphones, which means I have the perfect sponsor with the perfect product for you. It's Studio, and they want to revolutionize the way people see headphones. Generally, fashionable headphones tend to lack the proper sound quality and the high-tech ones are bulky and not design-orientated. Studio bridge that gap while emphasizing sleek, modern Scandinavian design. To get a 15% discount on any of their wares, go to studiosweden.com, which is spelled S-U-D-I-O Sweden.com, and simply put in the code DTD when purchasing a pair of headphones. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. In an uncertain world, there is always music which can be listened to in good company. Welcome to Friday 15, the show where we speak to friends and interesting people to the backdrop of great tunes and allocate 15 minutes to both. Today we speak to Alan Lynn about Wanderlust, Itchy Feet and Leaving for Pastures New. Blues, rock and lots of soft souls sum up the American band Alabama Shakes. Sounding as if it was recorded in a shoebox, guess who is lollipop for the ears. I can't tell you how I feel, but I do. Those things they say can't get to me. Should I fail? 
people are born with itchy feet with the wanderlust being content with not only being born somewhere and then living there just isn't quite enough for them are you one of these people yeah i don't know i was thinking about it recently about how you when you speak to people about where they've always wanted to go or they feel as if they belong there and i don't know that you could take it as far as if there was reincarnation is that where it came from but i mean for me it was always america i always know as a kid i used to get uh, anyone went to america they had to bring back new york times or and then things like my aunt who was a, a farmer up a hill in dumbartonshire she just felt she always wanted to be in petra in jordan oh wow Do you know what i mean until her husband died and she said i've always wanted just to be there and she went and lived there for a while I mean, there's different reasons people migrate. Do you know what I mean? Like, I get this thing in my head about people following the sun. We tend to have migrated the way the sun went, so east to west. Unfortunately, I mean, some people did it for riches, like the Vikings or Columbus. Some people were shipped there against their will to America. Some people were escaping persecution, and they, but they all tended to go west, which is interesting, but I'm not sure why. And also, I think the disenfranchised in America have travelled west, and that's how you end up with, what, an assortment of characters living in San Francisco. Mm. <laughs> well done. See what you did there. Tell me about Dumbartonshire growing up. Oh, Paisley. Well, that was where my aunt was from. Oh. I was actually brought up in Paisley, near. Paisley, ooh. <laughs> it was a weaving town in the sort of 18th, 19th century. Coats Mill, the Paisley pattern came from there. Again, Scotland, I was not happy to get out, but I didn't see it as where I wanted to live did my first degree in Dundee, then I went to the Royal College of Art in London, and then stayed in London 25 years. I've always been, first of all, attracted to big cities, mm -hmm. and then attracted with that to go to America. What is it about big cities? What is it about the great lights of London that drew you, other than going to the School of Art, um, that drew you inexorably from, from Paisley? I suppose I found Scotland or Paisley or where I came from to colloquial I love the idea of with big cities and it sort of ties into what I do in running a club an international club is that you get this constant flow of new ideas and people arriving so you're, you're always open to new ideas rather than you'll, you'll have a neighbour in Scotland who moved in to your next door 15 years ago and you still think of them as the new person in the street it's always exciting for me is you get used to getting to know people but knowing they'll be travelling on. So you don't hang on to them as much as I think with other people. Also, every major idea for the 20th century and even looking back came from cities. It didn't come from countryside. So any movement, well, I'm trying to think whether the Chartists did or the Luddites maybe. And the Luddites right. were somewhat regressive anyway, so yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Do you think it's key to the nature of of somebody who sees themselves fundamentally as a creative that they seek out the new and invariably that probably means some travel then yeah someone told me recently how with some of the politics in america right now is people that are most progressive are people who have traveled 
because they've seen other places and realised that it is the same thing of people just want to have a decent life for themselves and their kids. So, like, people in the army who have travelled and things like this said that. And, yeah, I mean, travel broadens the mind as the expression. You no, know, this whole gap year thing is, mm. to me, is they should be sent away, not start at university straight away. It should be compulsory to go away. And, I mean, it used to be national service, but I just think they, they should have a choice of voluntary work somewhere in the world that they have to do for a year that we pay for. So tell us about the first day when you stepped off the plane into into America. Was it everything you thought it would be? Was it, Did you have a copy of the New York Times thrust into your hand? No, it was late at night. The first time I came to America, I've got a diary about that, I think, saying about me. It was a 747. I was teaching art in Camp YMCA. And it was a 747 full of students. So everyone was so excited. And then the plane dropped at the sky and just banked over New York. And it took my breath away. It was just spectacular. All the lines of traffic, the red one side, green going the other. And then when we touched down, you know when that door opens in a plane, you get that smell or heat or something. Mm -hmm. And then we were staying on 34th Street at the Y. So we walked up to Times Square. I know London's got Piccadilly, but it's not till you actually go to Times Square, you go, wow. Mm. I mean, it was the big city in there. I was at Dundee at the time. So, I mean, like, it was a 24-hour city. You could go out at that time of night and go to a bar. So, no, it was just an amazing buzz and feeling of energy. So for you, America, New York has always been your siren. It's always been tempting you. I, I thought it would have been San Francisco. Uh, mm. I went there in 93, not knowing a soul, not with no map, no nothing. And when I got there, I came up with this sort of thing in the sense of the, the back to my migration thing is that people have migrated west. And again, disenfranchised, a lot of time I've ended up in San Francisco. And if they can't find the happiness there, you end up like that documentary, The Bridge, where people kill themselves because that's as far as they can go. And so the people that have stayed there, that's the only thing. It's quite, to me, San Francisco is quite a small town Mm -hmm. uh, compared to New York or Chicago. And a lot of time is then they do close up because they don't have people passing through as much as New York does. They think, why am I going to invest in you? Because you're not probably going to stay here. So can I say that you were shipwrecked on the rocks by the siren call of San Francisco, which proved to be somewhat false, which is the perfect way for me to segue into you telling me all about the song of the siren. Why have you chosen this piece of music for us this week? Well, this bit of music, again, Sirens. The version that I loved was about in 1983, and it was uh, the one you're going to hear is by a compilation band called This Mortal Coil that was made up of the Cocteau Twins, Colourbox and Dead Can't Dance. But the original song was written by Tim Buckley and Larry Beckett in 1970. It was on, on a, an album called Star Sailor. His version is very different. On the last episode of The Monkees, they sang the song in the very last episode. And even Pat Boone covered it at one point. But it is Elizabeth Fraser's haunting voice, like the sirens. I mean, I presume everyone knows the sirens were in the Odyssey, where Odysseus was wanted to hear them, but got his sailors to plug their ears with earwax and tie him to the mast. 
So he could hear and he pleaded to be taken off the mast. They'd, he'd already said, whatever I say, don't take me off. And so they got away. And the story is that if the sirens, you heard the sirens, but you didn't shipwreck onto the island, they would die. So it seems they drowned themselves and that was the end of the sirens. But this song uh, with, with Fraser's voice, it's just, I don't know. It's one of these songs you just want to put the lights off and dream of going somewhere. It's very, uh, I say haunting, but also it draws you in like the way the sirens do. I mean, what's interesting was Elizabeth Fraser actually ended going out with Tim Buckley's son, Jeff Buckley, and both died. I mean, Jeff Buckley, who did the Grace album that Rolling Stones said was in the top 20 best albums ever, he also drowned in the Mississippi, which is strange sort of thing, that the connection between him, Elizabeth Fraser, it's just a wonderful song. On the floating ship's oceans I did all my best to smile To your singing eyes and fingers Drew me Oh, 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 oh. 
I've got to thank you for actually choosing that as a piece of music because it's something which has always been in the back of my mind musically. And when you said the song of the siren, there was um, a house, an early house version. And I thought that's what you were referring to. And then as soon as I, I put it on, I went, oh my goodness, it's this from, from the 80s. I, I do remember it. And it's just one of those songs, which is, I'm not going to say a subliminal soundtrack of me uh, in the 80s, but it kind of almost is. It was just kind of something which was always there in that beautiful, mournful way that she kind of sings the song and the vibrato in her voice. It, it is absolutely beautiful. So so thank you for bringing back lots of uh, lots of memories so it's a beautiful piece of music you are so very obviously into music alan so tell us what you what, what are you listening to right now what's on the top of, of your ipod uh, itunes playlist Ooh, what was i listening to y- yesterday let me go back to that oh finally i went back to listening to tori amos again which i hadn't ah. listened to in a while but actually, one of the ones my favorite again. I was in America when it came out. Is the one she, is the cover album she does? Mm-hmm. She picks up great songs like Rattlesnakes by Lloyd Cole. She did does Real Man by Joe Jackson. She does a Velvet Underground song, but with her spin on it. I've always quite liked people covering other people's songs because there it is again, someone covering the song to the siren. Mm-hmm. Um, I've very eclectic taste. I used to DJ at the Royal College and. That I go into my iTunes and I don't know anything and then because it used to be you'd go into record shops and you'd hear a song in fact that's where I first heard Tim Buckley was uh-huh. singing Lilac Wine in Tower Records in Piccadilly and I was like what is that voice I'm lucky that I've got a young staff I've got about 35 staff and they keep me up to breath say have you oh I know you like this do you like this but it goes both ways now because I play music to them that they have never heard no, it used to be you would listen to the top 20, so you would hear all these different songs. But now we've become so specific, it's hard to bump into songs or artists that you wouldn't normally hear. So what else am I listening to right now? Uh, I bought the new Justin Timberlake album. I bought the Sleep album. I don't know if you know that one. No, no, is... tell me about that. Tell me about the Sleep oh. album. So Sleep is, it was a concert done and it was eight hours long. It's meant to put you to sleep. And it's this haunting, oh, Max Richter, that's the name. It's an eight-hour album. I think it was about $25. And you can put it on and it's just this very repetitive, slow playing. And it seems when they did it in London, I think it was, they had beds and you went in for eight hours and they performed so I'm loving that. Max Richter also did the, the soundtrack for Arrival and he did a whole piece with Tilda Swinton where he does things based on Virginia Woolf, like Mrs. Mrs. What's got Mrs. Uh, the book The Hours is based on. I don't know. Uh, you, you've got me when, oh, it, when it, it comes comes to literature, sir. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I'm listening to right now. So that's quite eclectic between Justin Timberlake and and Max Richter. So when you got off that plane and you saw the beautiful beads of light streaming in a straight line that denoted the grid pattern of Manhattan and you realised maybe you were at home, what were you missing from Scotland? What have you missed? Nothing. don't think so. I, I just... I, it was a coming home feeling. 
I knew that that's where I wanted to be. Does it become... I... Even though you might be fully in the brace of people who are, for want of a better word, internationalists in somewhere like Manhattan, people who, when you can mention, let's say, Paris they'll go oh yeah you know I've been there or you can mention going to see a somewhat obscure artist and they'll go yep you know I, I really like that artist too but don't you miss sometimes the familiar kind of embrace of where you're brought up just the fact that people maybe get let's say a particularly British quirky sense of humour or even if it's just um, a, a reference to watching Grange Hill as a, as a kid there is, there is there, you know, there is something to be said yeah, for being I mean, back the question home. You asked me was at that time, that time was 83. I mm -hmm. think it wasn't later on uh, that I've taken people back to Scotland. And as a kid, because of the weather in Scotland, we went to Italy for uh -huh. two weeks and on a beach. That's what my parents wanted. So me taking people back to Scotland though, was the revelation of a the beauty of the place and going up to the Isle of Skye or going through Glencoe and everyone's sitting going look at that and I was like A proud but B going I never saw this as a kid I lived in rainy old Glasgow and then got out of there and I still get so many friends back there and I'm happy where I am there is a humour thing but again in Scotland you tend to put your friends down that's the humour Sometimes my staff have to say to the other staff, he doesn't actually mean that, if I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> so. so tell me about your, your winding path that took you from being um, this, this bloke that got off a plane and realised he was at home at JFK Airport to somebody who's now running um, a rather successful and well-heeled club in the beating heart of Chelsea. I can do it very quickly. First degree in illustration. I came from a very working-class family. The co I got first class in illustration. I illustrated for Vogue, and the college paid for me to apply to the Royal College of Art. And the thing is, no, we I I couldn't afford it, or wouldn't like to be in the situation today, where the amount of money you have to pay to do a like seven-year degree, all in all, with the four and three years. Um, so I got into the Royal. I did my degree at the Royal. I was very sociable around the film club and the. I was the DJ and I worked at the bar in the place and then I was asked to be student president, did that for a year and then the Royal College asked me to work for them in um, public relations for the college so that's 10 years at art school and then my mother died very quickly of ovarian cancer and I decided to change roots and so to carry on being just an artist I got a job in a bar, uh, next minute I was running the bar and there's a general manager Went to San Francisco, came back, got a job in a private members club, did that for 12 years and then fell in love with a New Yorker and we went back and forward for three years every month and then one of us had to make a move and it was it was a no-brainer for me. But again, here was the problem. A gay man could not just move to New York. If I'd been straight, I could have married my wife. But at that time, the only way I could stay with him was to start a business. So naively, I got on a plane, came over, raised 4.2 million, opened the club and we're now 10 years old. So that's me. Alan Lynn, thank you for coming on to Friday 15 and telling us thank that you. Uh, you might be enticed by the song of the siren, by its call to leave uh, the bounds of home to go for pastures new, but you needn't be shipwrecked when you get there. Thanks a lot. That was simple. Done it. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I need to remind you that we are part of the Agora Podcast Network. It's a network of some 25 independently produced podcasts so why don't you go to agorapodcastnetwork.com and um, go and search out a brand new podcast for your podcasting ears this month our podcast of the month is beyond the big screen by Stephen guerra so if you want to know the true stories behind your favorite movies the real facts and the background are often much more interesting and complex than you might think um, Stephen interviews people who are incredibly passionate about a specific film or a genre they are great interviews so why don't you take a listen to Behind the Big Screen on a podcatcher of your choice. On with the show. You keep on eating cars 
Some eight years after the first hip-hop party in the Bronx in 1973, Debbie Harry scored the first US Billboard Hot 100 number one using rap vocals in a track with Rapture. Most said it was a novelty that would never catch on. enjoyed this week's show don't forget you can follow the show's progress on facebook by simply typing in friday 15 you can also find us on twitter where you can follow me where i'm at royfield spelled r-o-i-f-i-e-l-d now every thursday you can jump onto twitter and tweet me and nominate a song for me to put into this week's friday 15 iTunes reviews, folks, are extremely important. They're the lifeblood of any podcast. Please go onto iTunes and write us a, a glowing review. And don't forget, finally, you can email me where I'm Royfield, spelled R-O-I-F-I-E-L-D, at gmail.com. See you all again in seven days' time for more good music and great conversation. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.